0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video
2: games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast!
1: And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, uh... What are we smoking this week, Brad? So, up this
2: week, we've got the Christoph Vengeance. Um, You know, this is essentially a re-release with just a few tweaks to the original Berlin. The original sported a Brazilian Maduro wrapper. Uh, This has now been replaced with a Connecticut Broadleaf. Um, Still has the same um, Indonesian, Dominican, and Nicaraguan uh, binder and long fillers. So, um... You know this is going to medium, medium, full. Um, you know, with a name like you know Christoph Vengeance, I would think that you know this would be a little bit more of a powerhouse, but not so much.
1: I mean, I yeah, kind of like that Christoph pissed off, pissed off Christoph. When a name like that, you expect it to be a a full strength instead of just a medium plus. But I mean, so far it's not bad. And you know, and of course, you know, Vengeance is a dish best served with a um, you know. Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. <laughs> Isn't that how that hand goes? I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll make it work, you know. Yeah. So you know, this week's topic, uh we're gonna you know maybe talk about a little story of vengeance as well. So you know, trying to trying to throw it in, uh, shoehorn a cigar into our topic because uh, this week, you know, we've we've talked a lot of shit about the DC universe and we've done several MCU episodes, so. Finally decided it's time to give, you know, equal time to the competition and talk a little bit about Aquaman and...
2: Damn, I, I still thought it was going to be Justice League.
1: Maybe, I mean, we're, we'll probably talk a little bit about the, the other movies that we've ignored up to this point for, for good reason. But mainly going we'll to talk about Aquaman and, you know, if you're going to fight an undersea revolution, better call in the Strike Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code "Cigar Nerds" for twenty percent off your order. And those little tin pouches are waterproof, so you can—if you're on a Black Manta squad, you know, going down to Atlantis, fit those right in your utility belt. You're good to go. You know, just drop a little in that in your water mask, or whatever the hell those those fish dudes were wearing. I mean, they'll get you get you good to go.
2: I mean, I can't think of a better product if I had to navigate through troubled waters.
1: I mean. <laughs> Their lasers turn water into like you know was it photon beams or whatever bullshit science they said. Imagine dropping some strike force into one of those rifles. I mean that would just like some ch- supercharged shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. So um, you know, first impressions on the cigar, it started out a little bit you know lighter than I would anticipate. Um, you know, it's, I, it's got a good flavor though. Yeah, it's got kind um, of a just it's a
1: just chocolatey sweetness. it you know kind of like a i guess coffee espresso i would almost say yeah like
2: an espresso or not like super
1: sweet like a freaking sweet jane or or one of those flavored cigars but just that that nice chocolatey sweetness
2: yes um you know this would probably pair quite nicely with a a chocolate stout or something um kind of thinking kind of thinking just on the the top of my head especially with the the espresso i think everything would complement quite well um, you know, so I, you know, I was reading some people's feedback, and you know, some folks had uh, you know talked about, you know, even tasting like some graham cracker or some spice in here. Um, not picking up on any of that. You know, that may just be a difference in palate. I don't know. I I did something really retarded a couple of days ago. I may still be recovering from it. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> that have, radioactive hot sauce. I have officially ate the world's hottest hot sauce without um pure pepper extract in it, and uh, our capsaicin extract. Um, (laughs) Needless to say, that was about 40 minutes of unrelenting um, pain. Probably should have got that on film because that is the first (laughs) hot sauce I've had that actually I could not maintain my composure. (laughs) That would have been
1: a good Instagram story to to go with it.
2: um, I don't know.
1: I I, I know where to get a supply of it,
2: and... (laughs) That may be something you know. We you know break out the camcorder or something, and uh, you know just, just yeah. Have some I, I did a whole like
1: I'm eating bugs video for our Instagram. We need to uh, need to do a hot sauce challenge.
2: <laughs> but yes, I mean it was just ungodly hot. Um, you know, but it was kind of weird. Is it wasn't one of those sauces that you know just has no flavor or just tastes terrible. Like you could tell that, you know, it was legit peppers and you could kind of taste the individual peppers in it. But, um, I mean, it was just so hot that uh, it, it was a beast of its own. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I still feel <laughs> a little bit indifferent after, uh, and, and that's been a couple of days ago now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we'll be right back with a fishtail. I've been overlooked, stepped on, stepped on, left for dead, always against all eyes like pox I'm the living great
2: Gatsby, but these boys are watching quick and disappear like Banksy, from ocean to ocean, sea to sea, I'm something that you gotta see. Gonna take the
0: These pieces why spit this fire You catch me on the beach, stretching you on the island. Took over my city, now it's time for the world. I live in day rapid, there's a difference, girl. Getting paid more than half each man. Life is sweet. GM
1: on a status five. And welcome to the podcast. This week we're going to Atlantis. A town down, y'all. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised there wasn't a pond or something like that used in the film. I- All right, so you know, this film hasn't been out very long, so I don't necessarily want to give folks a a play by play per se. Ooh, look at there using uh using rhyming words. Ooh, that was pretty close to a rhyme. Fancy. Um,
1: Well, let's 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 just
2: talk about DC in general, and let's clear the air. Cause
1: <laughs> while we're in a smoky basement,
2: yes, <laughs> we have both been pretty harsh to you know the direct competition of all things Marvel. I mean, they're going against you know. Can we the, go ahead?
1: Can we just agree with to not let Zack Snyder direct any more movies? Because out of this, this is the sixth film in the DC expanded universe, and three of them Snyder has directed and. Three out of the six pretty much sucked. I'm saying two's good, one's watchable, and then the other three are complete dog shit. <laughs> the three Zack Snyder films.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, Wonder Woman was a a saving grace to DC. That was one right off the bat that I was like, holy shit, they did it right. Congratulations. Um the, the Suicide Squads and you know some of the other films that have tried to, I guess, come up with their Marvel-esque recipe um, for success weren't necessarily terrible, but they weren't as enjoyable as some of the Marvel film counterparts. And part of that, I guess, is I'm just not invested in a lot of the DC characters that I feel like I am with the Marvel stuff.
1: Because it kind of did like the reverse of the Marvel, where they're th- you know, like we had like well, a couple of years before we actually got to Avengers. Like everyone got their own solo film, where this one was like, here's Superman solo, here's Justice League mini with Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, and then here's Justice League. So let's like start with Avengers and then give everybody a solo movie. It's it's kind of. Starting backwards, so there's not that really built up caring about the characters uh, that, that you had by the time we got to the first avengers film and I mean
2: that, that's a thing for me too is I'm not as familiar, of course you know I'm familiar with the Batmans the Supermans and you know the the Harley Quinns and Wonder Woman you know but there's a lot of the you know especially the lesser known villains that like you said, had a solo film came out that introduced, you know, some of this stuff, it would be like, oh, shit, you know. Then when you bring them all together for a Justice League or something of that nature, then, you know, it's like, holy shit, we got the whole shebang. Yeah.
1: And and even so, the other movies kind of had their own villains and stuff. There's also been like a a running through line where, you know, everything is connected and leading up to something, you know, with the whole... Infinity Stones and whatnot, you know, with these, there just seems like, you know, there's not a whole lot of tying them together <laughs> so no, far No, there, there anyway.
2: does not seem to be the continuity.
1: Not at all. Well, like I said, let's briefly, since we've not <laughs> talked about any of the other than a few just, you know, offended comments, not talked briefly about the DCEU. So this all started back in 2013's Man of Steel. Yeah. Starring Henry Cavill. I'm
2: pretty sure that's your all-time favorite movie, right? Oh, God.
1: I used to hate uh, Superman Returns with uh, Brendan Ruth until I saw Man of Steel. <laughs> and now I'm like, he's good on Legends of Tomorrow. That wasn't a bad Superman movie. I mean, it had plot holes you could drive a truck through, but it wasn't Man of Steel. <laughs> I'll allow it. Oh, but yeah, I mean, and this that kind of started with the whole Zack Snyder, let's do the exact opposite of everything Marvel does and make everything super dark. It's never daylight in the DC universe. That shit only happens at night, because like, whoa, well, we're all so brooding and things suck, and I'm gonna be emo Superman and go hang out in the Arctic on a fishing boat and grow a beard and shit, and I'm gonna let my dad get eaten by a tornado. <laughs> but beards are tactical. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Superman's always been the Boy Scout. You know, he's always the goody-two-shoes of the Justice League. And making him a dark-brooding character... Just kind of misses the whole point of <laughs> Superman, really.
2: It was like, you know... Uh, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, blah, 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 blah. Ant-Man, man, man, you know, that guy. Um... We'll just say M Night. How about that? (laughs) You know where it's you want to throw in a twist, but it's such a twist that you can't even relate to the character anymore.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, because I mean, there's like not only is it like super dark and not not just like dark story wise, just dark visually. I mean, everything is like freaking like you're watching a movie with sunglasses on because, like I said, there's never daylight in the DC universe. (laughs) And. Then, like, when he's fighting, and people are like, well, you know, he killed Zod. Superman doesn't kill anybody. Even that I can forgive if Superman kind of acted like he gave a shit about any collateral damage. But he's throwing fuckers through buildings and blowing up, like, whole cities and whatnot. And you're like, this isn't Superman. <laughs> Superman would take an ass beating to avoid accidentally killing somebody.
2: Yeah, but the Avengers didn't catch the bad guy, and he wiped out, you know, half of all living creatures. <laughs>
1: And then again, you know, like I said, they've kind of addressed that in the like with the whole uh, Sokovia Accords that are like, y'all are killing too many like you know, random people. But the Marvel characters have always been kind of you know a little bit uh, you know. Ah,
2: oh, we got enough money; we can make it go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll
1: pay off some some lawsuits and some families that we've accidentally squished when Hulk smashed. But <laughs> like I said, you don't expect that behavior from Superman.
2: No, not at all. I I don't know, man. Some of my most enjoyable Supermans have been some of the animated stuff from my childhood. Yeah, that's that's the problem
1: with the DC universe is, like, they're killing it on TV and animation. Like, the animated movies and the DC TV stuff is, like, some of my favorite shows and movies. But their theatrical (laughs) releases have just been, like I said, stop letting Zack Snyder direct movies. And it all will be well. (laughs) Now that we got that out of the way.
2: <laughs> so your problem isn't necessarily with DC. It's more so Zack Snyder. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Cause...
2: And on the line, we have Zack Snyder. Zack, how do you feel?
1: <laughs> well, can y'all turn the lights off in here? Because it's really not dark enough. I, I only exist in, in gritty reality.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm almost saying, you know, as far as the gritty, gritty reality is concerned... You know, reserve that for more of a Sin City. But then again, Sin City is so, you know, fucking awesome that don't you dare ever fucking touch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that darker reality works for Sin City. Hell, it even would work for a, a Batman movie. But Superman and Justice League, it's like, no, bro. Just like, you know, have a good time. Make it a little
2: fun. <laughs> Why so serious?
1: Exactly. Listen to the Joker, man.
2: <laughs> I almost wonder if that was a you know a real play If some you know art designer was like, dude, stop being so fucking you know serious. So you know just we're gonna put this all over everything. Maybe Zack Snyder will take a hint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and when I say listen to the Joker, I mean Heath Ledger or Mark Hamill. Even Jack Nicholson, not fucking juggalo joker from uh <laughs> Suicide Squad. Jared Leto is like Wow, that's just not a good joker. Like I said, that he looks like a, a guy from the gathering of the juggalos.
2: I know that guy.
1: <laughs> Throw him some Fago, it'll be alright.
2: We uh we we, we shared some Fago, in fact. <laughs> while we were chicken hunting.
1: And the the other thing about the DC universe so far is like every time you're like, all right, this sucked. I'm not saying another. And then the trailers look kind of good. And you're like, maybe I'll give it another try. And then they take your money again. And you're like, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> or they completely give away your, their story and that's from the trailer. That's probably
2: been the thing that's kept me away from, you know, the theatric releases of some of the DC films is, you know, Too much information given and not enough, you know, room for imagination or speculation on what you know
1: could be. Especially like the next one, which was 2016's Batman v Superman. Uh, Again, Zack Snyder, and like I said, the first one is made for 225. This that one made 668. This one was made for 250, made 873. I mean, they're making their money back on these movies, but they're nowhere near the just about every Marvel movie's done at least a billion dollars. <laughs> so they're doing good, but they're not doing Marvel good. And, uh, you know, freaking Batman v Superman was just... Because I was like, I mean, I was a big fan of the the Dark Knight Returns uh, comic and animated one where I'm like, hell yeah, remember we had a badass Batman-Superman fight. And they even tried to explain away some of the, you know, like the complaints from the first movie of like there's way too much collateral damage. By playing that into some of Batman's motivation that, like, I th- I don't trust the Superman because he wiped out a Wayne building and killed a bunch of people accidentally. So I don't trust this dude. He he doesn't have enough uh, so, skill. <laughs>
2: if it wasn't a Wayne building,
1: would he intervene? <laughs> That's a good question. Would he have given a fuck if it was like, yeah, he wiped out some rival companies, whatever. <laughs> And that was the whole thing too. Their whole motivation of their what you think is the main bad guy is like, hey, we're getting Lex Luthor, but it's freaking Jesse Eisenberg, who does not look like any Lex Luthor. That, <laughs> I, Lex Luthor is like a, almost like a gangster. He's like a a respectable businessman. You're like, and this guy just looks like you know, the dude who owns Facebook. <laughs> And you're like, and it's probably, you know, him and
2: Jared Leto probably shared a cell together. You know? <laughs> yeah. He probably hooked Leto up with the prison
1: tattoos. Oh, yeah, because he's like, they give him, like, really no motivation. There's like They're like, okay, he hates Superman, and he hates Batman, but there's, I never saw, like, the, the director's, like, longer version, so maybe there's extra scenes that explain his motivation, but the, what we got in theaters is just like, hey, I'm going to try to trick these two idiots into fighting. That's my only motivation. There was like no, there was no like I'm doing this so I can take over the world or I'm gonna make a bunch of money off of this. It's no, it's like no, I just want to like see if Batman and Superman will fight. If I you know, like show them a bunch of bullshit and try to trick them into fighting, and then I'm gonna say my name's Martha and we should be friends. Because <laughs> as bad as their reason to fight each other in that movie, their reasons to stop fighting was even worse. <laughs> I'm like, there's no real justification for y'all two to hate each other, you know, but, what? Why would you say Martha? My mama's name Martha. Did we just become best friends? I mean, they went total freaking stepbrothers with it. <laughs> I don't
2: I mean, it's like the, the bully, right? You know, where you sock him one good time, he stuns and says, holy fuck, did I just get hit? And it's like, all right, you're in my respect, you shake
1: hands, and you're best friends.
2: It was like that.
1: <laughs> well, i to say, like, I, I can't think of any highlights from, from Man of Steel, but Batman v. Superman, at least the, the solo action sequences of Batman, like, taking down, like, guys and rescuing Superman's mom, that sequence was pretty cool. Like, Batfleck, you know, even though he's now kind of said he's, like, his, like, you know, got tired of all the bad reviews and I, th- I think he's unofficially or officially you know bailed out for any more batmans. He wasn't bad. And Wonder Woman when she shows up out of nowhere and and kicks ass when you know they unleash doomsday, you know, her scenes were were pretty cool. Like I said, you know Wonder Woman and like that one good action sequence of Batman fighting, you know, thugs best part of the whole movie like I said it was a really good 15 minute movie unfortunately it was like 2 hours long <laughs> and again dark as shit <laughs> you gotta wear like those
2: HD you know night vision glasses
1: yeah and for some reason they're like let's put Gotham and uh, uh, freaking Metropolis across the river from each other uh, has that ever been a thing in the comic books <laughs> And she's like, yeah, you know, they're kind of pretty far separated, but it's like Batman's like, I could see Superman from my backyard. It's just—I
2: <laughs> mean, he's was, got the tech.
1: Kind of a convenience that was just dumb. Yeah,
2: see, that's that's one reason why I really try not to overanalyze a movie, is because I will make myself hate it. <laughs> so um. I've. I, Especially when it comes to so much of the DC movies. Like when we get, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, 1984, 85, whatever it's going to be. Like, I, I'm concerned that my expectations, because the original Wonder Woman was so great, am I, you know.
1: We're going to get Stranger Things with superpowers.
2: <laughs> it's a Demogorgon. <laughs>
1: Oh, and that's, that's another, you know, when that movie comes out, we're going to have to figure out how they explain that plot hole is Wonder Woman was doing shit in the 80s and no one knows who the hell she is and when she shows up in Batman Heavy Superman. I can understand, like, her, when we first get to her solo film, which was 2017's Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins. Maybe
2: just pretend none of that shit ever happened.
1: You know, I can understand whole, like, all right, she was kicking ass in World War I. Understand why she's if she's laid low ever since no one knows who the hell she is. But if she was up starting shit eighty four, you would think like yeah she would have popped up on somebody's radar. <laughs> no, nah,
2: her and uh, Steve Rogers kept it on the DL. Ah, uh. <laughs> but yeah, after wouldn't that be
1: interesting? <laughs> it's like shit. We shared the same battlefield. <laughs> no, he was World War Two. Oh, she okay. was World War One. <laughs>
2: calling it 1984
1: then well, that's what the next one takes place in the 80s for some reason <laughs> see this
2: is now i'm analyzing and i uh, gonna get confused well no it's not really confusion more so than this doesn't make a bit of fucking sense why are we doing this <laughs> but then again it, nothing dc hey, does make sense we should make a movie with uh sharks and tornadoes uh, All right, let's do it. Holy shit, look at the success it brought. Yeah, but That's why I haven't reached my success cuz I haven't put any of my dumb ideas to paper cuz I'm like <laughs> that is a very fucking stupid idea and we're gonna smash it right now.
1: <laughs> but yeah, after
2: start letting those live and breathe and manifest a little bit.
1: I mean, after Batman v Superman, we got Suicide Squad directed by David Ayer. So finally let someone other than Zack Snyder direct one of these things, and it made 746 million. And it was, like I said, not the greatest movie, but it was more watchable than the previous two. I mean, it was fun. Not a, not a great, like, you know, well-written storyline. <laughs> Again, dark as shit, you know, visually at least anyway. But it had comedy and, like, funny stuff and a badass soundtrack. Because, you know, Garden of the Galaxy had just came out and made a buttload of money. So they're like, we need to put more classic rock in movies. <laughs> Fucking right, and stuffed unicorns. Thanks, Deadpool. (laughs) Yeah, Suicide Squad was like I said, it was actually no, it actually
2: was not a bad watchable movie. You know, I mean, that was probably
1: one of the ones that yeah, I was like, all right,
2: eh, there's a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Holy shit! I chuckled for once.
1: And, And yeah, and they did a whole bunch of reshoots on that too. So it's like, maybe we should start trying to lighten these up a little bit. I mean I still don't believe Will Smith is dead shot cuz I mean it's Will Smith he never plays a good bad guy you know you expect him to be uh you know freaking bad boys and men in black and everything else but
2: I mean wasn't oh, bad have a hard time like not envisioning him wild wild west
1: no I mean I mean he was cool in the whole like I'm kind of turning hero thing but I just not could not see him as a professional killer that has like no qualms he's about He's been in too people. many
2: things where he's a likable character. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I may kill a bunch of people but you're gonna like me and it just don't really work for the character. I, I picture more of a Frank Castle type guy <laughs> when I'm thinking of Deadshot not, you know, fucking Agent Smith or whatever his name was. I like <laughs> Jay. Agent J.
2: I like me some Frank Castle though.
1: <laughs> but doesn't it that one was not bad, like I said it wasn't the wasn't the most complicated story and everything and but for our first you know the highlights of that movie, our first cinematic version of Harley Quinn, which was you know really good, and they even kind of did some homages to the o g when she's like you know there's like one little kind of flashback sequence, and she's in the animated series costume, and I think she even pulls it out at one point of her trunk when they're like going through all their their gear and you know their gear up montage. So I mean there was there was enough nods to like OG Harley Quinn that you know Margot Robbie makes it makes a great Harley Quinn. I can't wait to see. I think it's they're doing the Birds of Prey movie, and I think she's supposed to be in that as well. Yes. So that's could be interesting. But this was the first time we're like, all right, DC maybe making the turn to a, a lighter <laughs> more interesting uh universe. And then after that was Wonder Roman directed by Patty Jenkins made for one twenty, made eight twenty, and that's when we're like, oh shit, maybe they're finally on to. I mean, they, that was a, they've made the they've fixed the mistakes because that one was a good movie.
2: <laughs> yes, that you know, I actually had really no complaints with Wonder Woman. I mean, that was one that
1: they shot stuff in the daytime. Yeah, <laughs> it's never been done before. Yeah, and you know the whole. You know, when you're dealing with the Amazonians, it's very easy to make them like, you know, Xena warrior princess knockoff, run around in metal bikinis. But they were badass warrior women wearing, like, armor and and were, like, tough as shit. They, they weren't just, like, you know, friggin' models on horsebacks. <laughs> Do you think
2: we're ever going to get a Xena knockoff? Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: Do you think that would be a thing?
1: In the world of reboots, I mean... <laughs> How have we not had a, a cinematic Xena Warrior Princess? I don't know. I mean, Lucy Law is still badass. I mean, I've I've seen her in some stuff recently, and I'm like, I mean, she can still pull pull it off.
2: I'm just, you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of the thing. I'm like, man, where's you know, where's Hercules? Where's the Xenas? Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's so much comic book driven now. Oh yeah, break out some Xena. But then again, I don't want it to be done badly. <laughs>
1: Speaking of badly, then that brings us to the last DC movie before we get into to Aquaman. 2017's Justice League Dawn of Justice. I mean Dawn of Justice. Which again, they made the mistake. They let Zack Snyder direct
2: him. <laughs> I'm really just leaning toward you. you've got a personal vendetta against him.
1: Well... So does apparently the audience because this was the most expensive DC movie to date at $300 million and was also the least performing DC movie yet, which only made $657 million. Which Aquaman's been out for two weeks and has already passed that and Man of Steel and is you know, well on its way to you know probably passing the rest of the movies as well since they're only on week two and it's still the number one film in the country.
2: But I have my reserves for Aquaman. We'll get into that when we, you know, jump into the topic. Because I have a feeling of what's pushing that over the edge. (laughs) And I guarantee you, both of our girlfriends will agree.
1: (laughs) Hey, wet Jason Momoa and wet Amber Heard. That's all you need.
2: (laughs) Where is Khaleesi? (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, Justice League was the first time we got... Ever, This was their Avengers... You know, and the gang's you know, all back together now. Yeah. <laughs> Which I liked Batfleck in this. I mean, overall the the story was it was, I mean, it was kinda weird. It was back to being dark. But Jason Momoa, you know, showing up as Aquaman and, you know, making fun of Batman and you know, kind of giving him shit was actually like the highlight of that movie. And that you know, his what little he was in this movie, even though it was not that great. Made me actually looking forward to seeing Aquaman. <laughs> I'm like, well, they may actually, you know, have made some changes. I don't know. What did it for me was,
2: um, you know, the... Once again, I got suckered in by the trailers for Aquaman. And I was like, you know, looking at some of the visual underwater stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is, you know, almost it's like... It's ...Avatar, you know? <laughs> and I remember how visually striking a lot of that film was in IMAX and
1: stuff. So I was like, yeah, it's not super dark. <laughs> uh, but, and, and that too, the other thing too, that kind of, you know, and that like the whole, like, you know, Batman recruiting flash. And he's like, well, I got super speed. What's your superpower? He's like, I'm rich. <laughs> and again, we got a trailer with badass rock music, <laughs> but it like I said, it, It was better than the previous installments. I'll give it that. But still not on the, you know, as good as it could have been. Because, like I said, it was Zack Snyder and everything was dark as shit. Especially coming right after Wonder Woman. Because the whole story of Justice League is like, you know, Steppenwolf and the creatures of apocalypse tried to invade once long, long, long ago. And the Amazonians, the Olympian gods, and the Atlanteans stopped them and are now, you know, holding these. These mother boxes that he needs to to destroy the world. So first thing he does when he gets here is is attack the Amazonians, attack, attack Atlantis to get these boxes back. But when he goes to Atlantis, I mean Atlantis, uh, Themyscira to fight the Amazons. OG back in the you know, the first, you know, the Wonder Woman, you know, they're all badass warrior women and armor and stuff. When he goes there now. They look like the dudes from 300. They're all in, like, metal bikinis and armor that don't cover anything.
2: So they leveled up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because in every video game, that's how you know that, you know, the female (laughs) character is high level. It's like, huh, your armor basically covers only the naughty bits. Yeah. Screw the rest of the vitals.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they went from, they, like, you know, took a step forward with, like, you know, the empowering women of Wonder Woman to, like, Let's just make them sexy and give them like 15 minutes of film. <laughs> well,
2: Hey, they leveled. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay.
1: And yeah, you know, they bring Superman back and there's a cool, like, you know, cause we always got to see our heroes fight each other. And what, but, and you know, Cyborg was cool. You know, he gets, if, when he gets a solo film, eventually that might be cool. Yeah, you know, the I, I, the I didn't really like their Flash. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm such a fan of uh, Grant Gustin on on the Flash series that this guy was just kind of a kind of a dork, but he wasn't bad. I mean, See, he was that, he was inoffensive.
2: That, that's that's <laughs> kind of the thing for me. Is as good as the television series have been. Why not bring some of those cats over to the big screen?
1: And that's kind of what they've well, not actor wise, but you know. Writing and producing wise, they finally took Jeff Johns, who has been, you know, intermental in the comic book world and also in, like, the DC TV world and brought him over to the to help right the wrongs of the cinematic universe. And I think, you know, we finally see that with Aquaman. Cause you're, you're, and from here on out, spoiler alert, because we're going to dive into Aquaman. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> but, yeah, 2018's Aquaman which you know made for 160 200 million has made 666 million so far and that's only in 2 weeks
2: <laughs> and i just saw that uh china has like now said that they were going to extend the showing of this film for like another month or something yeah, cuz so. it came out
1: you know foreign earlier and it's made like you know 500 something foreign but yeah directed by James Wan who you know from a horror background i mean he directed the first uh Saw movie and uh, like the insidious movies, and you know, um, whatever Fast and Furious Seven. So, he's a big action director and also like a good horror, you know, uh, I guess, character driven uh, movie. So, he's also, yeah, I guess, you know, good with creatures and whatnot because there's some badass creatures in this movie.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this film was, um, it did not disappoint me on the visuals. As far as, you know, the creature makeups, all the underwater shots and everything. Yeah, it was all, like, bright and visually interesting. It was as fulfilling, you know. And if anything, like, that would have been the one DC film. It's like, well, they are a thousand leagues under the sea, so yes, it's going to be dark as shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm glad to, you know, see that, you know, that's not the direction they went. So that...
1: was refreshing in its own right. And not only before like we even got into the movie, the trailers leading up to it did not give away the entire storyline. <laughs> like it was there was enough to grab your interest, but it wouldn't like because like <sighs> Justice League. Like I think I even like said in one of our nerd newses where I'm like, I guarantee this is the storyline from what I saw in the trailer. And pretty much once I saw the movie I'd hit it like point by point just from <laughs> watching the damn trailer. Where with this one, you know, didn't and you're like I know there's gonna be a war. That's about all I know. <laughs> and then it was like, this is actually kind of badass.
2: Yes, it was. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, this was one that I, I think had a lot to appeal to all audiences. I think for me, I went into it, you know, knowing that. Yes, James Wan. I'm going to get good action. Yeah. What I wasn't quite prepared for was the emotionally driven overtones and stuff. That, yeah. You know that that to me was like, oh shit. You know. I mean, they legitimately made you invest in characters, and I really don't get that from DC films.
1: No, because you know, previous to that, what little scene of Aquaman and Atlantis and. Justice League was like he doesn't want to have anything to do with atlantis he's not the king of the sea yet, and but they never really explained why he's like, yeah, fuck all you guys' but then this one it's like, oh, his father was human, he ran a lighthouse on a you know off the coast of Maine, and this Atlantean woman washes up on on the shore, and you know he you know takes care of her and they they fall in love, so he's like half human, half fish man. <laughs> But and that was another thing too. It was kind of weird at the front. Is like the CGI because they the guy playing uh, his father is uh, Tamura Morris Morrissey. But you know the guy who played Django Fett in the in the uh, Star Wars uh, prequels. Him and you know uh, Queen uh, Atlanta or Atlanta <laughs> was played by Nicole Kidman. But they did the whole de aging for that. You know early it starts off in the eighties. But the CGI on the de-aging was just, I don't know, it was kind of, you know, uncanny, just, just a little weird. Like, I didn't, like, really recognize her at first until you saw her, like, you know, now, later on, at, at current age. It was like, and then, of course, everything under the water is CG, so gotta, you got know, to make the hair float and all that. It was just kind of, I don't know, just slightly off to me. it's It wasn't like, you know, Mar- Tony, young Tony Stark <laughs> level of de-aging technology. But it still, I mean, it still looked cool. It just kind of had of a... It looked animated. Is it, it was, it was probably the best way to describe it. It it wasn't like flawless uh, conversion.
2: No, but I mean, I don't know. I.
1: I but at the same time, I didn't mind it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. See, I don't look into the films as much as you. So for me, like you know, I'm just there to have a good time, you know, and and not really analyze until. I don't start analyzing until the second or, you know, third time because the first time I'm going to look at that and then I'm going to be distracted by it the entire time. That's like, you know, before. And then again,
1: I just got glasses. So maybe it's the fact that I can see shit a lot clearer now that I'm like, this is a little weird.
2: (laughs) And every film from here on out, you're going to be like, wait a second. (laughs) See, all along, you thought things were visually striking. That's just because you couldn't see the flaws.
1: (laughs) Yeah, now I'm like, oh, it's not fuzzy anymore. I don't like it. (laughs) I want
2: to go back to the old way.
1: (laughs) But, you know, eventually the the undersea stormtroopers show up and uh, (laughs) try to kill her because she's uh, apparently fled her arranged marriage to the king of Atlantis and, you know, pissed off. I guess if you
2: don't make it in, um, you know, stormtrooper training, they send you to Atlantis because they can't hit shit
1: either. Well, it's because they, they all got water in their masks, man. Have you ever, put, like, gone swimming and got water in your mask? You can't see shit. Like, I don't see how they shoot those guns at all with water in their masks. Man,
2: they, they can breathe water, and they got the little, you know, extra set of eyelets that come down, so...
1: Because that's the thing. Apparently in this world, not everyone is like Aquaman who can breathe air and water. Only the, uh, the uh, high, high-born uh, Atlanteans are, like, you know, can live equally above and below. Like, the regular everyday, like, soldier guys are like, we can only breathe water. So every time they had to go onto the land to attack somebody, you got these, like... It's like a reverse scuba suit. It, like, it's like holding water in. <laughs> Which was kind of cool looking, but I'm like, yeah, no wonder they can't see shit. <laughs> they can't shoot.
2: But I don't know. They, they definitely had some cool tech, though. Yeah. I mean, the way that they you know had the ion, you know, water blasters and shit. I'm like, where do I get one of those, man? Where was that back in my Super Soaker days?
1: <laughs> uh, and we got, you know, our first villain, uh not our main villain, but our first villain in the movie, which is a classic, you know, Aquaman villain of the Black Manta, which before he becomes full-on Black Manta, we get them like him and his little fish uh special forces team. Trying to steal a Russian sub, and then Aquaman shows up and like jacks stuff up. But it's like I, I like him; he's like a hero, but then he also like doesn't give a shit. You know, <laughs> He's well, kinda, he's like he's like having fun with it. He's like, yeah, these you know, just, know, he, he seems to enjoy his work. Like when he <laughs> goes in and kicks everybody's ass on the sub, and then like you know when he rescues the Russians, he's like, all right, guys, hurry up and get out of here. You're like, I'm missing happy hour because you fuckers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the thing, you know. I, he,
2: I think he learned after that moment, though, that, you know, hey, I can't sink to their level. Yes, yeah. I can fuck them up really badly, but...
1: Because, you know, the the man who would eventually become Black Manta, you know, his father's, like, leading the team, and his father gets, like, you know, you know fucking throws a grenade at him, or, so, so, and, and, you know, ends up, you know, a, a bomb... Like, cause they're fighting in the like, you know, the, the, whatever missile room, and one of them falls on him. And he's like pinned, and he, he tries to shoot Aquaman and blows a hole in the side of the ship. So it starts funny, and the guy's like, "You gotta save him." He's like, "Nah, y'all killed innocents. He's like, you know, ask the sea for forgiveness." <laughs> and fucking just walks. He's like, "You know, I'm not gonna kill you, but I also don't have to save your dumbass," which you know, even has that moment of regret. You know, later on in the film when he shows up as Black Manta, because it turns out they were secretly working for the. King of Atlantis, who's trying to trick everyone into starting a war so he can become ruler of the world and ocean master. Yeah, because it turns out you know there's not one Atlant well there's Atlantis, but there's seven kingdoms, and he has to kind of bring them all together so he can can, you know control all of the sea world. (laughs) But you know, so he fakes an attack from the from the surface to convince the other kings to to join him. And Black Manta is his kind of kind of dude.
2: Did you really just use air quotes on an audio
1: cast? Of course. Okay.
2: Just, <laughs> hey, hey, folks! There are air quotes there.
1: Yeah, but you yeah, know, So he, he later on because he like hires because he the other kings you know are like you know don't kill him or whatnot. So he hires his own assassin and gives him Atlanta tech to Atlantis tech to go take on Aquaman. But it's um, you know he has that moment of regret. And it's like you know. I created this guy like you know if i had done what a hero is supposed to do and save even the bad guy we wouldn't be dealing with this asshole right now but you know i got his father killed and he blames me and you know i've got to do better if i'm going to be a a, be a hero
2: yes one must always try to achieve atonement and greatness
1: with great power comes great responsibility
2: (laughs) wait a second i think i've heard that somewhere before
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I do, like, like I said, this one had some great funny moments. I like when he goes to the bar with his dad when he comes back from saving the the Russians. And they go to the bar, like, you know, and they're pounding, like, big-ass glasses of Guinness or whatnot. And his dad's like, how can you breathe underwater, but I can still drink you under the table?
2: (laughs) Well, that one was good, but I also like the fact of, like, the... The big, like you know, burly biker-looking dudes, you know, walk up and slap Aquaman on the back, and you're like, "Gosh, oh, you know, shit's about to get real." And, yeah, he's like, know,
1: "Hey, you that fish boy?" <laughs> he's like, "Actually, I'm fish man."
2: Then <laughs> he turns around, and is like, "Yeah, we're just wondering, can we get a selfie?"
1: And <laughs> pulls out a pink cell phone. I'm like, "Oh, they, this isn't the biker. This is the the Bear Club of uh, Nova Scotia. Where yes. the hell they're at?" <laughs> So, I mean, you know, the... the. And then proceeds to party and drink with these guys. I mean, he is the coolest superhero. You don't see Batman going to a bar and down and jack with a bunch of fishermen. <laughs>
2: That's because
1: he's rich and uppity.
2: <laughs> he only hangs out with the upper echelon.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then you get uh, the introduction of Lady Mira, uh, played by Amber Heard, a.k.a. Ariel. <laughs>
2: Under the sea.
1: I mean, there's something about the green suit and the red hair. I'm just like, it's fucking Ariel. Oh, <laughs> uh, and her dad is played by Dolph Lundgren, too. I was like, that's awesome. You know, one of the other kings of uh, the sea realm is Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Could
2: you choose a better king? <laughs>
1: uh it's like Expendables of the Sea. And we also, I think, another former. Uh, Marvel villain turned uh, DC sort of good guy. Freaking uh, uh, William Defoe is uh, the advisor to the king uh, who is secretly the guy who trains Aquaman. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like William Dafoe. He was kind of cool at playing that both sides. He's like, hey, I'm loyal to the throne, but your half brother, the king, is a dick and he's going to, like, get us all killed. So I got to secretly, like, you know support you and train you and tell you how to kick his
2: ass (laughs) well i mean that's the thing you know that i i liked about that dynamic was you know it's not that i've got to be loyal to the person it's i've got to be loyal to you know the the overall yeah it's
1: like i'm I'm loyal to the kingdom and you know who's in charge is not right for the kingdom and i got to try to try to fix this because we find out that you know, supposedly Aquaman's mom got sacrificed to the 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 trench which is like you know kind of a lost uh Dude, Lost Kingdom. It's the they Mariana all went, Trench. Yeah.
2: Death Clock was there. Okay.
1: <laughs> they all went full like piranha people. They kind of de-evolved.
2: <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get a Thunder Horse. Like,
1: you know. <laughs> I don't know. They were riding some badass. Uh, you know, this whole thing. You, you look at the old Super Friends cartoon and you got Aquaman riding a giant seahorse. You're like, that's dumb as shit. They made that badass. When he rolls in and like, like when he, you know, so far mostly we've seen him in like jeans and shirtless. But he shows up in the green and gold armor with his trident. And I'm like, holy fuck, they actually made that suit look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean They went old school comic book Aquaman and made it look badass. Which was like, that's hard to do to make Aquaman a cool character. <laughs> he has always been the joke of the Justice League. And he's like fuck they made him a
2: badass but did you gauge the female reaction when he showed up in the suit in the theater though
1: (laughs) they were disappointed he had a shirt on finally yes (laughs) 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 oh
2: why the fuck is he in an outfit (laughs) (laughs) but i think you know part of that is what's you know helped make this so successful
1: uh and then that you know you know the you know uh, was it Orm played by Patrick Wilson, who is, who is the uh, you know Aquaman's half brother and kind of and hates him because he think you know he blames him for their mom getting executed by the king for having a, a half breed son and also Brain blames the surf dwellers and he's trying to generate this war so he's having to like kind of consolidate power and and take over the other the other kingdoms and his you know final push is to go after the crustacean kingdom. <laughs> so now that now, no, to go with my uh my aerial uh, little mermaid analogy, now they gotta go f- fight uh, uh what the fuck the, what the fuck was the crab's name? Sebastian's people. <laughs> but that when that opening in battle with them versus the, the crab people with like the underwater lasers and shit and it was like pew 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 pew. I was like, fuck, this should be Star Wars, man. This is what Star Wars should look like. This is kind of badass. If there were crabs in space. <laughs> it's like underwater Star Wars. I mean, there's big-ass ships and stuff. I mean, that, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the action sequences, I mean, dude, they were fucking phenomenal. I mean...
1: I mean, that's what like you expect you said, from a, an action director. Yeah,
2: like, I You know, that, that was one of the things that took me back. I was like, oh, shit.
1: DC's made a name for itself. Yeah, they, th- they may have finally, you know, yeah. You know, like, we walked out after him, like...
2: Actually, I don't know that DC as a whole has. I think individual directors, <laughs> their skill sets are going to shine, and that'll fall in the DC favor. But, you know, still, Warner Brothers and DC as a whole, I don't think they figured anything
1: out. Probably not. We'll wait and see if, whatever the next movie, how that turns out, whether or not they've made a full turn or not. <laughs> because we're you know we're not that far from Justice League, so you know let' them get two good movies in a row, then we'll talk, but it was funny we walked out of the theater we're like i don't know how to feel about it it didn't suck like it's it's strange <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this, but you know we spoke about you know strong female characters in you know Wonder Woman. this movie had its own like good character you know they had uh, like I said Lady Mira, who was betrothed to marry the king, but she's secretly supporting Aquaman. She, you know, flat out rescues him and takes him on this quest to find, you know, the trident of uh, the original king so he can, like, you know, prove that he's the the, the destined king of Atlantis to unite the people and stop this war. And that whole sequence of them going to find the trident was very much Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider-esque, but she's, like, a badass on her own right. They didn't make her, you know... The girly tag along lady in distress that he has to rescue. I mean, she is a bat. I mean, she's saving his ass half the time with her freaking badass water magic <laughs> and just kicking ass when they end up in the, uh, in Sicily and get attacked by Black Manta and his, like, you know, fish SWAT team. I mean, the whole, like, running across, like, the, the, uh, they're even sort playing kind of like an 8 bit type music too when she's, like, running from, like, Building to building, getting chased by these dudes and, like, pulling out sword and beating the shit up. And then when she, like, falls into that – because, I mean, she's got water magic, but she's, like, in fairly dry climate and falls into a liquor store. And she's, like, surrounded by wine. And she's like, hmm – wine's made of water (laughs) and they start just making spears out of wine and killing dudes with uh (laughs) wine spears
2: as soon as she landed in the wine cellar i was like all right she's going to do the reverse jesus (laughs) (laughs) turn wine into water
1: but yeah that sequence was like badass like i said she was like taking on four or five dudes at once i'm like i like she was she was a legitimate badass throughout this movie
2: I mean, not only, you know, uh, a a badass, but then, too, like, you know, I mean, like, at one point, you know, when, you know, Aquaman and his father are just driving along the road and you see the big tidal waves start coming into shore and, you know, it wipes out their truck and shit, and, you know, she uses the, you know, magic to withdraw, you know, the the water from his lungs and stuff, and, (laughs) like, it... Dude, this is
1: kind of wild? And that sequence too, when they're on the plane, and the like, the first step in finding the trident is to find this hidden temple in the middle of the Sahara Desert. And they're just flying, and she's like, "Hey, we should get off here," and just jumps out of the plane. And the pilot's like, "Did she just jump out with a without a parachute?" And he's like, "Redheads, you gotta love them." <laughs> and then jump, and they get inside, and they they find the thing that can read the map they have. That's like it's like ancient technology, like this nothing like it's like finding a, a, a an eight track tape and like not having any like this this technology is too old we can't listen to this so they had to go back and find this abandoned temple to read the map and she's like it wasn't work like oh it's it should be wet here let me use my magic you're the closest thing i have to like a water source and like drains water from him to activate the thing and then he's like you know we could have just peed on that right <laughs> it just that cracked me up it's like the simplicity of it like yeah, cool, you did water magic, but I could have just peed on that and activated it for you. It doesn't require magic, it just requires a six-pack and some time. <laughs>
2: but then again, you're in the middle of a desert, so you're probably parched.
1: True enough. But then, we've talked about all the good of Aquaman so far. Let's talk about the one glaring plot hole that, that popped up. Like I, On my way home, I was just like, that was fucked up. Because they jump out of a plane into the middle of a desert, nothing within visual for hundreds of miles. They find the temple, find the next step in the the thing they need to go to, Sicily. And then it cuts to them in Sicily. How the fuck did they get out of the middle of the desert? <laughs> they had no transportation. It's not like they could swim through sand. They just magically go from the middle of the Sahara in Africa To a small town in Sicily.
2: (laughs) I think the one for me is when they look through the bottle, right? And it exposes the map. That looks like it's a few hundred yards away. (laughs) Yet some reason, like with all their water magic and ability to swim super fast, they get a fucking sailboat and it's like, you know, oh my God, all of a sudden it's, you know, around the world, like to get to where this location (laughs) is. So,
1: I mean, I can kind of forgive that because he was injured and passed out because he just got his ass beat by Black Manta.
2: But, dude, he would be in the ocean. You know, what did she heal him with? She was lazy. She didn't she, want to
1: drag his ass.
2: <laughs> she packed him with seaweed. And, and He would have naturally had seaweed and stuff that occurs in the ocean, like, emerged in it.
1: <laughs> like. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have had that cool, like, fight scene of all the piranha people eating their boat and them having to fight them off with uh, road flares. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that was just, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying she didn't want to drag his ass. That's, that's all. She was, she was lazy <laughs> and she wanted to play her flute.
2: Okay. I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> At least they explained that they didn't just appear in another location, you know, hundreds of miles away <laughs> with no transportation. <laughs> like they magically teleported from the desert to Sicily. And I did like that whole, they just uh, dug a hole. <laughs> And I did like the kind of the running joke between the two of them that he kept making pop culture references that she didn't understand. (laughs) Like when they escape from the the Coliseum and hide inside a whale and he's like, he's like, straight Pinocchio. And she's like, what? He's like, just trust me. (laughs) And then when they get to the, get to the town in Sicily, some little girl like gives her a book and she's like reading it. She's like, it's fucking Pinocchio. And she's like, you got that shit from a book, child's book. He's like, really? It's a book? I got it from a movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she sees people eating fruit for the first time, and she's like, "Don't understand it." So she like bites this rose that she had gotten, <laughs> and he it, it was what was kind of sweet about it too is because he sees her like not getting Earth customs, and so he bites a rose too, and he's like, he doesn't make fun of her for like, no, that's a flower, dumbass. That's food. That's a flower. He's like, fine, fuck it, I'm gonna bite a rose too. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of cool. He didn't just call her a dumbass.
2: Yeah, she's hot. Oh, that true. It's
1: gingers, man, they'll they'll make you do dumb things.
2: Already right. devoured his soul.
1: Yep. Look
2: at this. I already got him in a war. Didn't want to be a part of.
1: He just wanted to drink Jack with his dad, and now he's out here uh, fighting dude with laser eyes.
2: Take on Ursula. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. I mean, I will say that was one of the cool things that I don't think a lot of people picked up on was kind of the uh, the Lovecraftian themes. And in fact, like, at one point, I forgot, you know, if it's in the father's cottage or whatever. Yeah, it's in the but, father's
1: when he first meets the, the mother. But
2: there's, you know, HP Lovecraft book there. But then, you know, a lot of the Cthulian lore and everything and creatures, like, I'm like, This is straight out of Lovecraft. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, because
1: they talk about that. There's like this, this you know, Kraken Titan thing that guard supposed to guard the, uh, the, uh, the Trident, and it gets down there. And first, all you see is like giant ass tentacles, and it starts talking to him. When they you know, follow this thing to this underground sea, which that was another thing too. You know, we haven't really talked about Ant Man and the Wasp, but the whole, the wasp's mom is trapped in the quantum realm with homemade armor that she's made out of, like, things she's killed. And then you get, oh, Aquaman's mom's trapped in this hidden sea in the center of the earth wearing homemade armor she's made from the things she killed. I'm like,
2: hmm,
1: that looks a little familiar.
2: (laughs) But if you're trapped on a deserted island, what are you going to make your armor out of? (laughs) But I thought it was kind of cool, too, because I was like, holy shit, they found Jurassic Park.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, you know, dinosaurs and shit running around. But yeah, when they—I mean,
2: I <laughs> was almost Zena.
1: <laughs> again, like kind of a Indiana Jones slash Tomb Raider type thing, where he goes in there and has to prove he's worthy to take the trident, and he's like talking to the the giant uh, Cthulhu thing, and it's—and uh, she's like, "What? You can understand me?" He's like, "No one's been able to talk to me since the king. Yeah, I've killed a lot of people that have come here and tried to prove they were worthy. You know, you're the first one who's actually like." you know, try to talk to me, and you're definitely not worthy, and he's like, I know I'm not worthy, I'm just doing this because I need to save my people, and the people of the world, and all this other stuff, I'm doing this because I have to, not because like, you know, I think I'm worthy to be king, and she's like, all right, I kind of like you, I'm gonna let you try, but if the king doesn't give you the spear, then I'm gonna eat you, I'm not gonna feel good about it, but totally gonna eat you, <laughs> she's like, I haven't feasted in thousands of years, and I'm a little hungry, but you know, sure enough, he's, he is the chosen one, pulls the the freaking Excalibur from the stone, uh, whatnot. And then, you know, that whole, like him showing up in like the OG Aquaman looking armor and then goes to stop the war. Cause like I said, the, the Atlanteans are trying to fight the, the crab people. And then he shows up with a fucking Kaiju. <laughs> like, like, cause first all you see is like the tent giant ass tentacles. But then when she shows up in like full form and it's like, holy fuck, it's those aliens from Pacific Rim. <laughs> And just starts fucking shit up. Ocean and, master <laughs> He's like, I'm the real Ocean Master motherfucker. I'm like I got sharks and everything else coming to fight your ass. <laughs> I don't need soldiers. I got my own army. The sea is my army. <laughs> yeah, that whole sequence was was badass. I'm like, holy shit he's got a kaiju <laughs>
2: I don't know. I kind of like the flashbacks to, you know, his younger years when they're at the aquarium and, you know, the bullies start picking on him and you know the the sharks try to bust through the glass and he's like, "No, no, no, guys. Guys, calm down." You know, and all like the, the fish and shit like, you know, it's like, "Don't fuck with me.
1: <laughs> I'm fish man, not fish boy."
2: <laughs> well, at that time he was fish boy.
1: <laughs> and he, he he learns his lesson, you know, cuz he he allowed the other guy to die and created Black Manta. And even though like, his brother has tried to kill him multiple times and has probably you know done a lot of bad shit, he fights him to prove he's worthy and kicks his ass, but then refuses to kill him. And he's like, No, brother, like, you know, there's been enough death today. I'm a hero now, I'm not I'm not gonna execute you. And especially when their mom shows up and he's like, What? You rescued mom? And you know, he sends them off to prison, he's like and he even gives them kind of that, you know hey, when you're ready, let's talk. Like, you know, he's like, you know, I, there's no reason for us to hate each other. I don't like what you're doing. We need to kind of have peace with the surface dwellers, but, you know, I don't need to kill you, and, like, you know, I'm going to give you another chance. I mean, he's probably still going to turn evil as shit. He's going to have to kill him eventually, because that's just the way things go. But, I mean, he kind of had a Loki-esque type turn toward the end, where kind of Loki has become, you know, not a villain in the Marvel universe, you know, there's a potential for his brother to, to, uh, return to the light.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the two brothers come together. The, the foe is still going to be, um, black mantra. Um, that's just my thoughts.
1: Yeah, whenever we get the the Aquaman sequel, there's definitely a Black Man that's going to be back because even though you think he's dead, he washes up and gets rescued by the the creepy uh, uh, scientist guy who's obsessed with uh, Atlantis, played by uh, oh, freaking uh, was it Randall Park? Yeah, you know, he and he was speaking of copying stuff from Aquaman or uh, from Ant Man, <laughs> the guy who played. Uh, Scott's uh, FBI handler in Ant-Man is the creepy scientist guy, (laughs) which I I like him as an actor. He's he's always funny as shit. So to see him as a potential bad guy next next uh, movie will be will be cool.
2: And I kind of like the um, you know the the Tony Stark you know kind of when they start first trying to modify you know the Atlantis tech and everything, and it's like. All right, I do this, and all right, I figured out how to, you know, generate water and to, you know, convert it to plasma, but, oh, shit, I nearly blew my face off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely going to need a bigger helmet. (laughs) Yeah, because that was cool because he's like, you know, they give him, like, whatever experimental Atlantis tech, but it's all white like the other fish stormtroopers. He's like, nah, i got to modify this stuff, make it my own, and I also have to paint it black because black is cool. I've got to make it tactical.
2: The other fish will not see me coming.
1: And that's another thing, too. It looked... Not only, like I said, give it credit of making Aquaman kind of look like OG Aquaman, Black Manna looked legitimately like the Black mana we've seen, you know, in comic books and, and, you know, animation once he gets, like, his full suit, which was kind of badass. So as we kind of wrap this up, uh, you got some highlights. You know, what's your, uh, you know, his favorite Aquaman moments?
2: Well, I think we kind of discussed them already. I mean, I... I, I don't know. I, I think for me as a whole, you know, I, I never really followed Aquaman very closely or anything. So, once again, this is a film that took a character that... Yeah, I knew the name. I kind of knew a little bit of the premise, but legitimately you know i became invested in like now i want to see future story arcs and things of that nature and you know, it was you know another one of those breath of fresh airs that be like hey you know dc you guys can do things that are legitimately good um <laughs> Keep doing shit like this.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it had its light-hearted, funny moments. I mean, it had like actual depth to the character, and not just him, but also Mera and in the, the other characters, and but you know, legitimate a- emotional moments too. Like especially like the stuff with him and his father, and his you know his father's relationship with his mother, and and you know, his like his reluctancy to to lead, but you know, kind of you know doing what he has to do. I mean, definitely, he definitely had a well-rounded, you know, depth of character and not just kind of a one-dimensional, you know, hero type thing. I will
2: say kind of one of the one of the, you know, funny moments was as the father, you know, you know, she washes up on shore, he takes her in and you know starts trying to patch up her wounds and stuff. Well, she comes to and he's got a fish tank. So <laughs> she immediately, you know, goes for a fish and sucks it down and it's like, "All right, I'll allow it. That's a little bit weird. Just don't eat my dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, uh, I was about to cook you some eggs. Uh, uh, Bryce, just don't eat my dog. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, eat the fish. It's cool. <laughs> so,
2: I, I mean, you know, just once again. You
1: know. <laughs> that and the joke where he's like when they're fleeing and she's like flying the little ship and she's he's like, bogey's on her six. She's like, what does that mean? Bad guy's behind us. Why don't you say that? Okay, bad guy's behind us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So,
2: you know, I mean, you know, that was kind of the cool thing was, you know, the fact that he's able to kind of bridge the surface and the Atlantis world <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, to them, like, they're not used to our lingo or our customs <laughs> or anything. So, no. you know, just everything kind of goes over their head. But I, I don't know. I mean legitimately this film has you know all of the things that make a great movie i mean action comedy you know emotional you know uh times and you know just visually all around a, a great film i mean it's Yes, there are some time travel, you know, movie magic moments that may make you lose a little bit of immersion if you're the over analytical type, Joe. Um, I mean,
1: it's a two and a half hour movie. I mean, they had to cut some stuff, but yeah. So I understand it's like, yeah, maybe there's a deleted scene that explains how they magically made it to Sicily, but yeah, it's it's like you know, in a two and a, two and a you know, two and a half hour movie, that's really the only thing I have to bitch about that's way better than most of the DC movies we've gotten so far.
2: <laughs> well, I will say, you know, most... I mean, three hours, man, that's really pushing it. Yeah. You know, for me, I can dig Lord of the Rings. I know for you, you're like, what the fuck, people are walking. Like, <laughs> you know, it's three hours of people walking. Um, You know, at no point did I, you know, find myself, all right, when is this train wreck going to be over? Yeah. So.
1: Like I said, Batman v. Superman was... A really good fifteen minute movie it has happened to be three hours long where this is a you know bad fifteen minute movie that's two and a half, two and twenty minutes of a good movie <laughs> so which, is, which is a whole lot better ratio than what we've gotten previously, so yeah, I'm I hope me, they continue this this two trend
2: thumbs up and you know I hope we get some deleted scenes and some cool shit when the the blu ray releases
1: so uh yeah. Final thoughts on this here, uh, Vengeance.
2: Uh, vengeance, I mean, good flavor, um, you know, lacking in the the strength department for me, but, I mean, um, with a name like Vengeance, I would anticipate something with a little bit more kick behind it, but, you know, I told you before we purchased this cigar, I said, hey... I'm going to go into it with a really low expectation because, you know, the Pissed Off Kristoff I thought would be, you know, the, the powerhouse envy, but it wasn't. So I didn't necessarily think that this would be either. Um, but Kind of I mean, like Aquaman,
1: we went in with low expectations and we were pleasantly surprised.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's got a good, you know, complexity and a blending of flavors. Um I don't remember that I smoked the previous version of the Vengeance or not, so it's hard for me to. At this point, cigars kind of run together. Like I have to visit my dossier <laughs> and try to read up on my notes and stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, I this would almost be a good, yeah, you know, almost wake and bake cigar. I mean, maybe not the the six sixty. You know, I, I don't necessarily. Yeah, want they do have a, some smaller sizes. You know, two hour smoke, um, first thing in the morning. But um, you know, I would not mind spending another you know forty five minutes with one. Um, and if somebody were to offer me one of these cigars again, I mean, I would gladly take it. I mean, you know, uh, the, the only thing I would like would be just a a little bit more, you know, a, a peppery note. I mean, this is you know very. It's good. It's it's smooth. A decent um, amount
1: of strength. It's it's got kind of a sweetness to it, uh, but not like sweet sweet like no, we said that kind of like like the espresso that coffee the dark chocolate yes. type sweetness. But I mean, it's while not as strong as the name kind of kind of implies, it had a decent amount of strength. I was it's all in all, not a bad cigar. Yeah. Definitely smoke another one. Like Kristoff, kind of like Gurker, hit or miss. There's some of them that are like. Yeah, you because know, there's a few Christoff I really it's like. Too
2: easy to fall trap. And then some Martin. of them, yeah,
1: it's just it's just marketing, and it's like, eh, not that great of a cigar. But this one, kind of, it would go on my recommended list of of the uh, the Christoffs. So with that, we'll be right back. some atlantean science
2: sweet you're gonna tell me how to you know make me one of those water propelled uh cannon things i'm Hell still yeah. not quite sure what to call that yet <laughs> i'm not sure if that's just ionized water or you know w- what's
1: going on there i don't know whatever it was 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 pretty uh pretty sweet all right you know it's not a it's not a uh science segment without Skynet stories. <laughs> Apparently, Amazon's Alexa is telling people to kill their parents.
2: Don't do it, kids. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> Don't listen. See, I'm I'm fine with with Skynet as long as we leave it in small hockey pucks that you can turn off. Don't give it arms and access to weaponry, or we could be in trouble. Apparently, uh, Alexa has a new feature called uh, Alexa Let's Chat where you can have a conversation with it and it's tries to, um, you know, talk to you like you, you know, have a normal conversation, but you know, they're saying it's not part of the glitch that they had last year where the, it started randomly making demonic laughs and saying it sees dead people, sees people dying like the complaints they were having last year. Apparently this is a whole nother glitch. <laughs> what it is, is they've, they've actually kind of started a, um contest where they're trying to different companies are trying to produce uh, chat bots basically uh it's a competition run by Amazon where teams from around the world are competing for a five hundred thousand dollar prize for advancing conversational ai where where teams are building these programs that' are trying to simulate human conversation and they're pulling representations from you know, the internet to try to teach the robots how humans communicate and, you know, whoever wins it. And so they're kind of judging the competitions by testing these programs on real people via your, you know, Alexa and judging them from customer reviews and, you know, who watch team wins uh, is going to get a, another million dollars if their chatbot is able to engage in over 20 minute conversations that get a four star rating or above. So what they're saying is the problem of reason why this these particular Amazon uh, these Alexis are telling people to kill people is cuz you know while they're kind of learning how to communicate from the internet occasionally consume less than quality source material. <laughs> Apparently this particular version of the program learned to talk by watching Reddit. So that explains its murderous tendencies. <laughs>
2: Which, that's just a uh, clusterfuck to begin with, so,
1: yeah. Which, kind of explains what's, things. Which, what's
2: bad, though? I mean, you know, people legitimately turn to Reddit and other places as legitimate information sources, and it's like, oh my god, what are <laughs> you doing?
1: Yeah, a spat, uh, an Amazon spokesperson said, since the Alexa prize teams use dynamic data, some of which is sourced from the internet to train their models, there is a possibility that a social bot may accidentally ingest or learn from something inappropriate. <laughs> so don't let your Skynet use the internet, or it will definitely want to kill us all.
2: So that's that Skynet.net? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you definitely want to turn on your uh, parental uh, guidance features before letting your, uh, your AI surf the internet. But,
2: I mean, then again, like, I meet so many people who can't effectively communicate as it is.
1: <laughs> like That's like letting it you learn uh English from listening to gamer uh chats on freaking PUBG or, <laughs> or Fortnite or something. <laughs> it's it's gonna make the make your AI homophobic and and <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> if I've learned anything from listening to uh yeah, gamer chat.
2: Yeah. Hey, it could happen. <laughs> People keep talking about my couch and, you know, how they're going to defile it. I still haven't figured out what that's about.
1: <laughs> well, from from weird AI to not saying it's aliens, but might be aliens. Uh, recently, the New York skyline lit up a pulsating blue light that lit up the entire city nearly. And people are freaking the fuck out. <laughs> it's, it's a marketing
2: ploy for Godzilla. It's gotta be. They're bringing Godzilla to the states.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was power outages and a giant blue light pulsating light that we could see, you know, pretty much across the entire the entire city. And you know, I say that you know someone probably shut off the protection grid at Ghostbusters HQ because it looked a whole lot like uh <laughs> like that. But they're saying now that uh, Con Ed, the power company from New York, had a had a uh, transformer, a small transformer fire at one of their power plants. Which that sounds exactly like what Men in Black would tell the media to release uh, in case of an alien invasion. So,
2: and then I saw a little flashy light, and that's all I remember.
1: Exactly. <laughs> was not that the whole plot of uh, like Men in Black Two when like the Statue of Liberty had a giant mind racey thing? <laughs> so New York may have been invaded and that was just the whole men in black flashy light thing to distract us, you know, or it could have been, you know, Thanos or some, some shit. Oops. <laughs> so if you're in New York and you've seen an alien, let us know.
2: <laughs> and not one of these fuzzy, Hey, I can't even, you know, make it like, how did you manage to take such a pixelated picture in the year? 2018? <laughs>
1: Um yeah, Instagram that shit, homie. <laughs> but yeah, supposedly it was just a transformer explosion at the uh facility in Queens. But again, that sounds exactly what like the government would tell you in case of an alien invasion. Not saying it's aliens. It's probably aliens. Yep. Speaking of aliens, uh NASA is about to visit a mysterious object on the edge of our solar system.
2: Is it uranus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, it's farther out than Uranus. Yeah, the Horizons Probe, uh, which was launched back in 2006, uh, apparently when this object was, you know, wasn't even discovered at this point, but when the Hubble Telescope got a, a update in 2014, it was allowed us to find this object. So what they're saying is they, uh, it's a mountain-sized rock that's way out past Pluto, and it's the... Farthest object in our solar system so far. And since, you know, the horizon is kind of just past Pluto, that's going to be its uh, next target is to check out this object, which should be happening sometime around New Year's, or, you know, it should be happening today as this podcast goes up. Yeah. And they're saying it's called Ultima Thule, is the name they got it, or, you know, some fancy. You know, HR sixty nine point five or whatever they're calling this this space rock. They're saying it's so far out that it's something that's never been kind of heated up by the sun's rays, and it's almost like a time capsule from the you know birth of the galaxy. so, you know, we may be able to to discover. Yeah, two fourteen mu sixty nine is the official name of <laughs> of this rock in space. But yeah, it's, it's something that's you know literally. Yeah, millions of years old, and from yeah, they said it's the kind of the astronomical equivalent of an archaeological dig.
2: That's exciting stuff.
1: Yep. You see what the culture was like. Exploring something from the dawn of the solar system.
2: It's a kaiju. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is how we get uh, Godzilla and shit. Y'all wake up some kind of bug in space that's been hibernating and. And you fuckers wake it up, and next thing you know, we got, you know. <laughs>
2: That's no iceberg.
1: We got the flashing blue lights in New York. This is like step one of uh, an Independence Day-style invasion. Now you're going to go fuck with the space rock. Could go bad. Just saying. And uh, finally, a little article that kind of amuses me, and this is really going to trigger any of the uh, the hipster, you know, environmentalists out there. But a new study says organic food is worse for the environment than non organic food.
0: <laughs>
1: See, man, all these people in their electric cars, those electric car batteries are, are pretty bad for the environment too when they you know, need hazmat to throw them out. But yeah, a recent study from the Chalmers University of Technology looked at the impact of organic food and conventional food production on climate. And they're saying that, you know, these organic stuff is way worse on the environment than our regular normal food production. Because basically organic crops produce much lower yields than our non-organic, you know, advanced technology foods that we're producing now. So to get the same yield, they need bigger fields, which is causing... Increased deforestation and also increased carbon dioxide production because of the increasing, you know, deforestation to produce your organic almond milk or whatever the fuck you're eating. That costs twice as much as anything else that you buy at the grocery store.
2: I don't think I would compare that to almond milk. I would say... Nut juice. your, Your GMO corn versus your, you know... naturally occurring corn. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just... I My issue with organic is unless it is 100% contained, you know, like, I've literally seen field A be organic. Across the street is field B non-organic. Guess what they have in common?
1: <laughs> same water source.
2: <laughs> same water, same air, same environment. Like, you know, I... You just, you know.
1: And you're going to pay twice as much for that shit.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I think this article hits, you know, the nail on the head with, um, you know, it's not treated, you know, by insect stuff or anything else of that nature. So, you know, critters, you know, insects, um, you know, maybe just, you know, plant health in general, you know, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I I would do an organic garden for myself, just to do you know salsa and herbs and that type of stuff. But you know, large scale to do truly organic, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I think I see what's uh what's trying to be stated here.
1: <laughs> and I just generally like to annoy the environmentalist. It makes my you know, black heart you know amused. <laughs> you have a heart. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> hey man, we're trying to save the world, need organic. What? Are our, our stuff's causing more damage? No. That can't be right, man. I'm gonna go to my safe space. <laughs> well, your safe space causing deforestation, motherfucker.
2: Sounds to me like you might be triggered.
1: <laughs>
2: why you why you gotta be hating on somebody else's way of life, huh?
1: Just eat your like radioactive science squash. <laughs> shut up
2: <laughs> Yeah man this beef didn't even come from a cattle. We 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 made it in a uh biology lab. <laughs> then it's not beef.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely uh you know when, you know against uh science creating meat but vegetables whatever. I'm not going to eat that shit anyway. <laughs> hey, kale or was it uh romaine lettuce that, that we've had the recalls on? They've never been a recall on bacon. That's all I'm saying. More... Salads have killed more people than AR-15s this year. That's, yeah, science, bitch. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) we'll be right back. Hey, this is Mike. A few months back, I was given the assignment of creating a new promo for the Earth Station One podcast. I figured I had a ton of time, but I kind of got distracted. Go figure. And we realized we had somehow missed our deadline. Hi, so... Here I am late at night trying to figure out something creative to get you to listen to our show. I guess I could just use my announcer voice. Listen to the Earth Station One podcast. For almost nine years, we've been bringing your inner geek out to play. We're a founding member of the ESO Network, and you can find us up on most media players like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. I think that might work. And now it's time
2: for All Things Nerdy and and welcome to Nerd News! Yeah, news! Alright, so late-breaking, we've got our official look at the first Hellboy trailer without Ron Perlman.
1: That ain't Ron.
2: <laughs> but I, I do have to say that I am kind of looking forward to this movie. I would like to see Ron return, just because we have so much in common. But, you know, at the same time, I think... Uh,
1: yeah, Hopper. Uh, I, li- I like him in Stranger Things. I'll, I'll give him a shot as Hellboy. I don't know. Something about the makeup just looked. Uh, it looked different to me than than you know previous Hellboy. It just looked looked a little. I don't know, weird. But it still looked pretty cool. The only thing, my only complaint so far about this trailer, did not see him smoke a cigar once. He better have a cigar in this fucking movie, or I'm I'm out. That's yeah, part of Hellboy's character is that motherfucker is a cigar nerd like the rest of us. So if uh, if there's no cigars in the new Hellboy, it's it's getting two thumbs down. Otherwise, I'm all in.
2: So at what point does uh, does Hellboy get the Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to see him you know give his glove an upgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's fucking like Marvel tie in. It's like yeah. Upgraded my, my metal hand, my rock hand. I got this cool Infinity Gauntlet thing. I traded some cigars to this dude named Thanos.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering. I mean, he's got the Thanos build. He's got, you know, kind of kind of the look.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have the nutsack chin, but... <laughs>
2: no. But he does have a little soul patch going on.
1: Yeah, he does have some sweet facial hair. But yeah, I still, he better have a cigar in this movie. That's all I'm saying, or I'm... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm protesting,
2: you know, now they can't have, you know, superheroes doing, you know, cigar smoking. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Up next, we got our um, men in black international. Um, We've got the trailer for that. And speaking of aliens, (laughs) yes, not saying it's aliens, but in this case, it's probably
1: aliens. High probability it's aliens. Uh, but it's not you know Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. It's <laughs> it's a whole nother office of the Men in Black, uh, represented by Thor and uh, Valkyrie, <laughs>
2: which I mean.
1: I I don't know, man. Like uh you
2: know, the latest rendition of Thor was a little bit more lighthearted. I mean, you know, with with men in black, I mean you gotta have the comedy
1: aspect. But the trailer looks pretty funny. I mean, there is even a joke in there where he throws a hammer at a guy. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm um, like, I, I appreciated the humor.
2: So I mean I don't know. I mean, you know, this would have been one of those I would have loved to seen, you know, Will Smith reprises roll role back in the franchise or something,
1: but, you know. I mean, since this is a different office, I mean, there could still be some kind of cameo or something. It's, it's not a reboot. It takes place in the same universe, supposedly. But I did hear at one point they were talking a 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover. That was supposed to be a thing that happened. Apparently that's no longer <laughs> a thing. <laughs> but I got to say, this looks better than... What that probably would have been.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's Men in Black. Yeah, you know, I've got to see it. You know, just like Hellboy. It doesn't matter that you know it's not Ron Perlman. Still got to see it. You know. The I only mean,
1: thing, since there is no Will Smith, are we not going to get a cool Men in Black theme song for this movie? I mean, Will Smith had a cool song for both movies. I mean, can they at least get him to come write a new rap song for Men in Black Three or or Four or whatever the hell this is? <laughs>
2: I don't know. That would be interesting, you know. I mean, I would, I would like to have some official theme music.
1: I mean, "Black Suits Are Coming" is is a great song back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, they gotta have they gotta have something cool for the soundtrack. That's all I'm saying. If you're not gonna put Will Smith in it, at least get somebody to write a cool Men in Black rap song.
2: All right, um, you know, switching gears. I guess we're just gonna focus a lot on our childhood. You remember a little guy, you know, by the name of. Uh, Fred Rogers, Land of Make Believe,
1: Mister Rogers, <laughs> Mister
2: Rogers, yes sir. Um, so Tom Hanks is you know taking on the role of um you know Mister Rogers in a. Biopic. I gotta
1: say that picture of him too is. I mean, it almost looks it spot looks on, right? amazing.
2: So uh, we officially have our title for the film: um, "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, I mean that's a great. Uh, Great, and I heard that you know, kind of documentary that other move, Fred, you know, Mister Rogers movie was, was good. I, I never seen it, but yeah, he he looks the part. It looks, <laughs> it looks pretty awesome.
2: So I I don't know. I mean, you know, with I, I'm just gonna have to check it out and see. I mean, like you said, it's it's so spot on. It, it's scary. <laughs> You know, but um basically, you know, a you know, supposed to be a story about kindness, family connection, trying to tap into our better self and um I mean I think that was all the things that Won't you know should
1: be my neighbor.
2: Yep. Except for that mailman. I'm <laughs> still not... <laughs> My neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right, switching gears, let's talk about Netflix. Hey, we got uh, we're not talking about cancellations. We're not talking what? about Marvel. Nope. Did uh, they didn't cancel about, something? <laughs> we're talking about uh, Bird Box. Have you seen this yet? No, i have not yet. Um, I keep hearing mixed things about it. I'm sure I'll get around to checking it out.
1: But <laughs> it looks like a new version of that. Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, fucking uh, a Quiet Place movie. It looks very similar from from what I've I've seen of it, which is like a bunch of people wandering around blindfolded and not wanting to look at things. Yeah,
2: I mean, well, I I don't know. See, I I guess I just haven't followed closely enough. I don't even know the premise or the, you know, intrigue. My aunt was trying to talk to me, and she was like, man, I heard it was a horror movie, and I watched it, and there wasn't even anything scary in it. But apparently it has had the best first week of any Netflix original film ever.
1: I mean, if, if the internet is to be believed, it's like freaking everybody's talking about this shit, but I'm like... Heard nothing about it, and so far I've not uh, saw anything. It's like, I've got to see this. It just looks like I said, I don't know enough about it to know whether or not it's worth watching.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, that's I'm in the exact same premise. I'm so. still working
1: on the last of the ranch, so maybe I get caught up with that off any help. But then again, uh, I'm friggin' Punisher season two is about to come out, so if I don't get to, get to it before that, it'll be another month before I <laughs> check it out.
2: Alrighty, Uh, switching gears. They're not really switching gears. I mean, you know, Bird Box, I guess, is dubbed a horror film. So let's talk about another horror film. Nightmare on Elm Street. Aquaman Rider says it's still happening.
1: Didn't they already reboot that?
2: Well, (laughs) uh, you know.
1: Not that you should have watched that reboot because it was horrible. (laughs) They're rebooting it again? Yes. Hey guys, this last reboot sucked. This one probably will too, but watch it anyway. Come on, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, basically, um, you know, I mean, it. it he is, uh, you know, I mean, wrote Aquaman. He is now writing, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and.
1: Well, I mean. I mean, you know, Aquaman was good. I mean, yeah. it may be better than that that last one because that last one was god awful. I mean, it's all about who's playing Freddy. Because I mean, if you can get a good Freddy. It might be work, but yeah, that guy, that last new Freddy was just, they went from scary to I didn't know if this guy was wanting to kill the kids or molest the kids. I mean, it was super creepy and not in a good way.
2: Yeah, and you know, I mean, there were definitely some weird things. There's
1: also rumors that
2: you know potentially they may try to revive Leatherface for a nexus ch- another you know Texas chainsaw massacre which you know I mean that's such a horror franchise near and dear to my heart I just wish at this point you know people would
1: leave it alone I mean, I mean that last two they did were with Arlie Ermy, in it was was pretty good I mean it I mean they weren't
2: bad but you know I, I don't it know It wasn't as man. bad as the
1: Freddy and Jason reboots no. but I mean it's I mean you I, like, know, I like the OG stuff, man. Toby
2: and, you know, Gunnar Henson, yeah, uh, both of those guys, you know, as a, you know, kid that grew up on horror films. I mean, those were two of my icons.
1: And, I mean, we talked about the new Halloween. That was good. Wasn't a reboot, but it was, I mean, it was it, Just it was kinda a, a good revisitation, yeah. So, maybe. I mean, there's I've you know, you know, I classically hate any kind of reboot, but I mean, We'll wait till we see a trailer at least before we pass judgment.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know. Uh, speaking of universes. Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars universe. What? So uh um, That's still a thing? There is um, you know, a uh a link that we will post in the show notes showing some of the behind the scenes stuff for Galaxy's Edge. That is the Star Wars um, you know, theme land at uh disney world
1: yeah supposedly it's i don't know have they given an opening date yet because i've heard it's supposed to be almost done if not construction completed but i've not heard about any kind of when it's going to open date yet as of
2: right now scheduled to open at disney world during the summer of 2019 and at um walt disney world the following
1: year all right so i i can't remember which one's which is that California first?
2: Disneyland, I think, is... Oh, uh, hell. I'm like you. I don't... <laughs>
1: I can't remember which is which.
2: Yeah, let's see. Uh, what Quick to the Googles. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just fucking tell me real quick. Okay, so Disneyland is in California. All right, so... Disney World, which doesn't make sense. You would think California, just being California, that would be, you know, the... the world of disney right i mean you have so many film studios and everything else there but uh, whatever
1: yeah so that's the anaheim one which uh so we got to wait another another year before we get our our florida version
2: 2020 yes
1: because i'm I'm all like i've got to go to star wars land eventually but i don't know if i want to make the trip all the way to california but it shows up in florida that's definitely a (laughs) a doable trip especially if it coincides with like you know, one of the Star Wars celebrations because it kind of rotates around the Disney parks. So we'll see if it.
2: I was down there for for that week. <laughs> it you just stand shoulder to shoulder and you don't move and it's really hot and humid and it's uh, I mean it, it's a phenomenal atmosphere. But you know if you're you know, hey, I want to do rides. I want to do the no, you're not moving. <laughs> And I can only imagine the influx of people for, you know, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, because
1: I've, I've not been to a Disney park since I was a child. So, th- yeah, this may uh, tempt me to <laughs> return to the land of the I mouth. mean, you
2: know what? Going as an adult, I had a good time, you know. Go for the rides. Go for the sightseeing. Um, you know, Epcot, beers around the world. I mean, dude, uh... There's, there's quite a bit. There was even a uh, cigar shop on, um, you know, what was it in, you know, downtown Disney. So, I mean, I even got to partake in that. Um, all right. So, switching gears. Um, literally. Fast and the Furious. Hobbs and Shaw. We've got an official title for it. What? Yeah. That's um, something? Yeah. <laughs> that's a, it is officially titled Fast and the Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs>
1: So now Hobbs is getting his own movie? <laughs> no,
2: I mean, they're, you know, I mean, it's... Which I gotta say
1: in that, and whatever, Fate of the Furious, whatever the last one was, I did like the interaction between The Rock and Jason Statham's characters. So them kind of getting a, you know, solo flick a la, you know, Fast and the Furious 2. Eh, it may, that might be interesting. Because, well, I've, I've heard, like, Vin Diesel and The Rock and everything don't get along anymore. So they're like... All right, let's just give Rock his own movie so him and Vin Diesel won't fight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, eh, I got to see trailers. I got to see, I I don't know.
1: I mean, I've seen all of them at this point. I'm like, fuck it, I'll see another one.
2: (laughs) I don't think I have at this point. I think I've missed a couple along the way.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the last one until it came out on video. That's not one I saw in theaters, but I mean, it was worth watching once I finally sat down and saw it.
2: Any other tidbits of news information you would like to share with the folks at home?
1: Oh, I got to say one thing we we didn't talk about there in the uh, the main segment that I spoiler, spoiler alert <laughs> ding 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 because I, I went back and watched the Atlanta scene, Atlanta scene from Justice League. And I'm glad they fixed the whole thing of, we're doing a whole movie underwater, but people can't talk underwater. (laughs) That whole scene from Justice League was basically a silent film because they're underwater so they can't talk until Mira creates an air bubble for them to talk in. This would have been a really bad movie if they continued that dumb idea that probably Zack Snyder came up with. So I'm glad they fixed it that, like, hey, we can speak underwater like normal people. That that was a, a good idea because <laughs> that, that's the only thing that when I saw Justice League really worried me about an Aquaman film where it's like we're going to be underwater for most of it and we can't Dude, talk it's underwater. it's
2: easy. Just, you know, every time you see a bubble is a new syllable. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's not that hard to decipher, you know water bubble you know words yeah so I, i'm Come glad on. they
1: uh they uh fixed that mistake so with that check us out on cigar we're also on the eso network at eso podcast.com we're on facebook twitter instagram at cigar nerd pod uh and get your shirts at real men and we have a zazzle store links are on our facebook and uh are on our website. Speaking of which, Real Men Cigar, uh, Real Men Smoke Cigars just redesigned their website. They got a whole lot of new, uh, new products up there. So go check them out. Get your energy drinks at um, StrikeforceEnergy.com. Promo code Cigar Nerds. And also, uh, you can was it, uh, find download us at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And with that, under the sea. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store